Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Fear Me, a podcast about The Walking Dead. I'm Kim. This is Stuart. And Scott. And we are going to recap episode two of season six of The Walking Dead entitled JSS. So I, for one, really liked this episode tonight. I thought it was actually better than the premiere episode of The Walking Dead. And I really liked how they paralleled the episodes uh, from week to week. And I'll talk more about that later. But um, there was no Rick in this episode, which was different. Very interesting. I'll talk about that more too, probably. But yeah, I think I really like this episode a lot better. I'd agree. I mean, I thought it was an excellent episode. Um, It's funny. It seemed like it was completely action-packed. But uh, when I went back and watched it a second time, it's really only half the show. Yeah, I think it's just that it's the whole shock factor of the thing. Yes, yes, no doubt. When you when you're watching and they they were kind of lulling you at the start, and all of a sudden it's like, holy crap! Yeah. Did that just happen? See a shit. Because you weren't, yeah, you were not expecting it uh, going that way, especially uh, leaving the zombie herd in the last one. Yeah, yep, I agree. So Scott, what was one of your favorite things? Definitely when um, Jesse uh, butchered the wolf woman. In the house? Um, yeah, in the house with Ron watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact that uh, at the end of it, she screams and stabs the guy in the head to end the shot. I thought that was wicked. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it just took it that much farther. Yep. And the blood splatter on her nice clean walls. Can I just say those are the nicest kitchens I've ever seen in the apocalypse? They are, but you- well, the house the houses were starting at eight hundred thousand. If That's you remember true. the sign. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> they better be nice. <laughs> um, I don't know any neighborhoods where they started eight hundred thousand. I don't either. Uh, the I, actually that scene is all just the start of it, where she's kind of hiding with the gun mm-hmm. next to the cabinets, and all of a sudden that woman pops out. Though I mean, just the start of it, right before um, she even gets into the the tussle, it's like you you're just saying, "You idiot! What are you doing out there?" Right. Right. I know. I was actually thinking when she got out of the closet with her son, like she heard the footsteps leave the room and they go downstairs, but the footsteps had not even ended before she decides to unlock the door and get out of the closet. And I'm like, wait a second, girl, like you need to just wait until those footsteps are completely gone from your house and then come out. And then when she opened the door, she didn't even look. She just kind of like did that sidestep out of the door and she didn't even like scan the room real quick to see if anybody might have been hiding or if it was a trick or anything. She just like left. Well, I think she panicked because she thought Ron was trying to get in the house. And he, she was worried that this, whoever the intruder was, would get to Ron uh-huh. before she got him. So that's why she just bolted down after him. She knew there was an intruder and she could hear Ron trying to get into the door. Yeah. And that's why when she went down and hid behind the cabinet, she yelled out to Ron to stay out, stay out of the house. Okay, that oh, makes more right. sense. Still, I think that I would do a quick scan. But yeah. Well, she was trying to do a labored scan around the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then a crazy woman jumped out with some sort of mesh sweater thing, and they got in a fight. Well, bringing up that lady's outfit actually brought up something that I didn't really think about until now, but it actually is a great um, cinematic effect that they did where the wolves were all dressed in the dirty brown clothes. Mm-hmm. And our people were all dressed in brightly cover- colored or white clothes. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, a nice dichotomy between the good versus so-called evil people. 
Um, but one of my favorite things was Enid, just the whole entire Enid storyline, because um, I thought wrong last week and I thought she was the one that was sounding off the horn. We now know that it was not her, but we did get um, a great backstory to how she became part of the Alexandria crew and what happened to her parents and how um, she had to survive on her own for a while and how she had to eat a beloved tortoise, which really just killed me. And she didn't even cook it. That was pretty disgusting, the way she ate that thing. And I would really like to know how she popped his head off like that because tortoises pull their head. Okay, so everybody who knows, I'm a turtle biologist. Um, but turtles <laughs> will bring their head in very fast and their legs. And I'm thinking there's no way she could have done that. She would have had to, like, crack the shell first to kill it, which she did not do, obviously. She was holding that thing like a hamburger and um, just picking it out like it was a can of soup or something turtle burger well i definitely heard something crack because <laughs> they were they were showing the tortoise kind of slowly crawl through and then all of a sudden she had it in her hand and you hear like Ugh. something crack yeah i think that was his neck breaking or something because they showed her the head was gone at that point oh it was gross but i think that was a good point on the uh the after show when they were talking about how it kind of put her in the light of the walker mm-hmm. in surviving yeah. you know yeah um i think it was it was a little overkill. <laughs> you know, she was using the thing like a soup bowl, but um, but yeah, it was it was again kind of that shock value of uh, what would you do if you're trying to survive and eat? Just eat whatever the hell you can find. Yep, yep. Well, th- let me ask you this: she's she comes across the Alexandria walls. Why did she hesitate? Oh, that was actually one of my questions that I wrote down. Well, she she said at the at later on that. Um, I mean, she actually questioned, you know, what's the difference between, you know, people in Alexandria and the wolves? They're just people. Well, that's true. Well, I think part of the reason she hesitated was just because she doesn't want to get close to people again because she lost her parents and she never had a chance to say goodbye to them, like she said on The Talking Dead. But um, I think that also she just wasn't sure what to expect out of these people. Like, she can hear them laughing and talking behind that gate. But she doesn't really know who they are or what they're about or, you know, what kind of people they are. Um, And so I really don't think she just wanted to get close to anybody. Well, could it be that um, possibly she was hesitating on helping the wolves by spying? That possibly she was having second thoughts at the last moment? It could be. But I think think she, she was surviving on her own. Um, and it's that whole trust thing, like Kim's saying. I mean, you go inside these walls. What's inside those walls? Well, you know, how do you how do you know that you can trust the people that are in there? Well, but I think, don't you think though that part of her uh, part of her story at the beginning there was not shown? I actually thought about that too. I mean, it is still possible that she is a part of the wolves, and we just didn't see that little part. We don't know how many days she was without her parents out on the road. She's, I think she said it was for a couple of weeks, maybe, but we don't really know that. We don't know what actually happened during those couple of weeks. They might have found her and offered her sanctuary um, and offered her food and, and that sort of thing if she were to do this for her, for them, I mean, um, to spy on the Alexandrians. So that's still a possibility. Well, you, saw, you heard the, the slip she made when she was talking to Carl, right? Where, what? Where he, she was talking about the vulnerability of Alexandria. 
and she started by saying, well, that's what we used, or like that, and then Carl cut her off to say something else. So who yeah. is the we she's talking about? I remember her talking about the vulnerability. I don't remember her saying we. Yes. But you she saw says, it. You saw it twice. I can quote it for you. Hold on. She start. She was talking to, telling him about the, uh, the uh, vulnerability of the town and all the, the uh, blind spots people could hide. But she was saying mm-hmm. we moved in and out of it, like no, because, no, no. She, because she and Carl jumped the the fence. No, no. She just said it's how we, and then she stopped. Mm-hmm. Finishing her sentence, and then Carl started saying something. You're right. She she stopped herself from finishing whatever she was saying, but she All was right. almost well, ready I'll to need admit to look, something. I'll need to look into that one because I I when she was talking about that, I remember her saying that and thinking that she was talking about her and and Carl jumping out. Even though, I mean, you're right. When he went out there, she didn't know he was following her. Right? Isn't that right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it's a good point. I think you're wrong. But it's a good point. <laughs> I think we, I think we would like to be it wrong, but we'll just have to see. I think, well, she, I do think she is uh, involved with that somehow, and that's why she was splitting, and that's why she also was incredibly calm when she came into Carl's house while Carl was frantically running around trying to protect her the gun, and she just comes in and calmly walks in and says, "You know, well, I'm leaving." Well, and that's that's when I was talking about earlier. I don't think I was clear enough when she she starts talking about how. There's no real difference between the people in there right. and the people that are coming in. Right. Well, that's what I mean. She yeah. almost sympathizes with the ones on the outside. They're just right. people. And but she's like, so you know, so what? Let's get out mm-hmm. of here. Let's run away. Well, the other thing too is what do you, you know? I I think she was saying goodbye. Um, I think that might have been part of what the scene was with her and Ron. Yeah. When mm-hmm. they were sitting and and talking, and Ron was upset, and then they hugged. Mm-hmm. Um, when Carl saw him, I think that was. She was getting ready to leave. Hmm. Good thought, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be here no, all I, week. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Every night, every now and then, you come up with some good stuff. I do. Just don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stuart, your turn. A favorite spot, favorite part of the show. It had yeah. to be when the uh, when Carol is. Just putting her casserole in the oven. She's hanging out in the kitchen. She looks at the baby monitor, which, can I just say, that baby looks kind of creepy in that baby monitor. I don't know what That's it is. That's a pretty cool baby monitor, though. I guess. It just it looks like some kind of old-timey video thing going on. I don't Anyways. Because it's yellow? So she's sitting there. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of weird looking. Um, she's sitting there, putting the casserole in, looks out the window, and her friend, the smoker gets taken down by the guy with the machete. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what the hell just happened? Yep. Oh, yeah, that was wicked. That was one of that my That was crazy. Too. I mean, it was definitely like a, you know, that, that kind of helpless feeling. And you looked at her, and she's just like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 No, that was that had to be uh, the, the turning point of the episode, for sure. But Carol told yeah, her smoking bit. was deadly. Yeah, she true. did. That's true. Because, yeah, you're, you have to be outside. Mm-hmm. Vulnerable. Yep. That's yep, right. yep. She got what was coming to her. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You're kind of harsh on smokers, but anyway. Um, <laughs> she got her last now, cigarette. That was that was a shocking scene. I mean, she just kind of watching her tranquilly relaxing out there having a cigarette, and next thing she knows, her belly's cut open. Carol sprang into action. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite scenes, too, because that was like the start of everything. 
And um, and then at the Carl jumped into action. Yeah, too. and then at the end, you realize that um, when Carl takes the um, the casserole out, it's been exactly forty five minutes because you can see Carol set the timer, and so at the very beginning, and so um, we know that that entire attack happened within forty five minutes. Well, and I think the turning point is not just for the episode, but for Carol as well, because she's come into this whole thing as being um, Miss Carol Homemaker mm-hmm. and um, kind of playing this role. And then that happens. And then you see her get right back into the role of, you know, defending everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she almost comes out looking stronger than Rick would even be, which I don't know where the hell Rick was in this whole episode if... if um, What's his name? He's up. with the herd. They were still on the road. They were still on the road with the zombies. This was going. This they backtracked a little bit in the story. Um, while all the events in last week's episode were going on, this was going on. Yeah, but the timing's a little weird. Because what's his name? Um, Morgan. Morgan was with Rick when they're at the road trying to lead the zombies, and then all of a sudden he's there turning the horn off of the truck. Remember Rick? Rick sent him back. I know, but I'm wondering why Rick and some of the other people didn't come back with Morgan. Why did Morgan go back all the way, all by himself? Because they were also trying to herd the zombies back onto the road. Uh Uh-huh. No, but they all took off running into the woods. Right, and and they they are still running. I I think Morgan, though, went ahead. Well, yeah, okay, my my assumption is that they are still trying to fight off some of the zombies or trying to lead them somewhere, but Morgan was the only one that showed up, and he was with them. And yes, right. Rick sent them back, sent him back, but I'm just saying it was weird that you didn't see any of them show up in this entire in the entire episode. Right. It just seemed like the timing was a little weird there. Well, what we'll find out is by the time the rest of them got back, the fighting was over. Hmm. Maybe. And they just get to come in and watch the uh, the massacre that had happened. Hmm. But they don't get there in time. No, now, obviously. What, now, what, <laughs> one thing that may happen is they may catch some of those guys running away from the town. Yeah. The That's guys who retreated. That Morgan sent away, yeah. Yep. That's Morgan's going to regret doing that. Morgan's going to regret a lot of his actions in this episode. Well, he should be regretting not killing those two wolves at the beginning. Sure. Yep. Because they're the ones that started all of this. Yep, and the guy even told him that. And that's the reason he in- ended up killing that guy. Yeah, yep. and they found the backpack with the pictures in it that um, mm-hmm. Aaron left Aaron behind. Had. Yep. And that started everything. But, you know, the one thing that didn't quite strike me as making sense, though, um, if Enid is a spy for this group... Um, they made it seem like when they found the photographs, then they realized where the group was or what the group was. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Enid, Enid would have already been in the town. That's because Enid is not the spy for the wolves. Okay. I'm just bringing up a question <laughs> to my own observation. But these are actual pictures, so they can visualize what the town, how the town's laid out mm-hmm. instead of her just drawing a map or something. So they can actually see like how big the houses are and how far apart they are spaced-wise. Um, they can see all the dynamics of the town. So the pictures, that's pretty huge for them. And they can see that tower, some... the lookout tower and stuff. That was pretty big. Was that was that pictured? Yeah, it was. They okay. show it in one of the first uh, pictures that he looked at. Yeah, because when he was looking at the pictures, I was like, how would that lead them to anywhere? anywhere? That looks like everything. Yeah. 
you know, it doesn't. It, there's nothing like um, any certain characteristics that you'd be able to pull out that would say, oh, that's where that town is. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're walking around with, you know, no GPS, no nothing, no maps, and they're just out in the middle of the woods. Well, no. you know, there's that sign that leads off the highway that the walkers from the from the last episode you see the walkers walk past the sign that says alexandria and there's an arrow pointing into the woods i wonder if there was a sign outside of the town that said okay you're now in alexandria and maybe they had gotten a picture of that or maybe enid could have told them what are you laughing at you don't like my emotions (laughs) i just loved how you said that sign would be announcing (laughs) <laughs> oh, welcome to Alexandria. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cheery town. It is. <laughs> Don't that mind sign, our walls. That sign says a lot. Don't mind our walls. It's the happiest freaking sign you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> no, the sign your original one you're talking about is what I mentioned before. It's the the one that says uh, starting at eight hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, pointing towards the development. Yeah, right. We must have been in Buckhead. Must have been. It had to have been yeah. Buckhead. <laughs> or Roswell or something. Mm-hmm. That's Georgia, folks. That's yes. true. We are talking about Virginia here, aren't we? Yes. All right, Scott, I think it's your turn. I I thought one of uh, Carol's most badass images is when uh, Morgan's horse-tying that guy and Carol walks up and blows his brains out. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> Uh, oh my god but you know i'm i'm i still i've watched it twice and i still can't figure out what the guy was saying he was saying something about we framed you or you're not supposed to be here none of us are none of you supposed to be here uh yeah it was something about how you're not supposed to be here it's very cryptic well kim kim had a good thought on that though what you were saying what was my thought (laughs) (laughs) it flew away no, when you were saying the um, that they were that they were saying that they shouldn't be there because no one should have a normal life anymore, or something like that. Oh, right. He that, was implying that no one should be living anymore, and that that's their whole goal is to kill everyone. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That was pretty deep of me to think that. So they're like a death cult. Yeah, and that was. Um, I th- again, I think on the after show that they brought that up because, yeah, he was saying that it's very cultish, which is what mm-hmm. you're saying, Scott. It was, they definitely seemed like they were some sort of cult. Which, yeah, if you're going to carve a W in your head, mm-hmm. pretty cultish. That's pretty cultish. Yes. Um, well, speaking of the wolves, um, the one thing, of course, I kept asking myself is why don't they have any guns? I mean, these guys have run over several towns that we know of already. They ran over, uh, uh, what's his name? Who was the kid that died with Glenn? Oh, Noah? Noah. You remember when they oh, went to Noah's right. neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're out of the body parts in the back. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, we know they have access to guns. Yeah. So, why don't they have any guns? That's Maybe they're like Morgan. No. But see, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what I was going to I'm kidding. That was a joke. They're I out know. killing everybody. Of right. course, they're not like Morgan. Right, but they're all using machetes and knives and yeah, hatchets yeah, yeah. and stuff. But when Morgan told those guys to run, uh, the the one guy, you know, ran a little couple feet, then reached down and picked up a gun, and then ran out. And Morgan chased him the rest of the oh, way. I out. didn't see him pick up the gun. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, because Morgan looked at him like, "What are you doing?" 
Well, if you remember at the end of the of season five, um, when they were threatening Morgan, they were acting like they had a gun. Yeah, even though it was empty. Was that the end of season five? Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, he didn't have any bullets at all. By the way, so, that was one of those two guys. Right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it, it was the guy that he ends out. up finally killing at the end mm-hmm. there, or Kim. Well, no, no, the other one, the one that when he was telling those five people to to leave. Whatever, that was the other guy from out there. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying the one that was telling him that he needed to give him all his stuff. Right, and to stop at the end. Right. Drinking whatever he was drinking. Right. That the was the guy that Hendy he ended up facing face to face in that house. Right. And ended up killing. But the other guy is the one I'm talking about. The other yeah. guy is the one who stops he's the one who kinda of makes that sound and they all start running. Yeah, what the hell is that? It's like a voice signal or something. That freaked me out. And then he turns around and he runs by one of the Alexandria bodies and there's a gun sitting there. And he reaches down and picks up the gun and Morgan kind of looks at him real strange. Yeah. And then Morgan starts coming after him and he runs out the gate. Well, remember also Morgan was talking, confronting one of the guys and he said, you have a choice. And the guy said something like, no, we didn't. And it makes yeah, me says, no, makes me wonder. We didn't have a choice. If somebody yeah, else, we didn't we didn't choose. It makes me wonder if somebody else is kind of calling the shots with these guys. Well, there's something definitely going on. But we don't know who that is yet. It's not any of the guys no. who attacked the village. So right. somebody else is calling the shots and making these guys be as brutal as they are because they are damn brutal. Like mm-hmm. hacking people's arms off and legs off. What? What's the point of that? They're already dead. What do we need to do that yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, that was messed up. When they're just that one guy had the axe and he was just like going to town, cutting all the limbs off. Yeah. And at first, I was like, "Why are they doing that?" And I mean, are they like the cannibals? I mean, is that the well, point? Or are they just like? It's almost like they're in. Some of them are like in a trance. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy that Carol blew his head off that Morgan was tying mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. When he was talking, he almost sounded dreamy the way he was talking about yeah, agreed. it. agreed. Like he was stoned. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe some of them are brainwashed. You know, even the even when Morgan was facing those five people, the, the, the first one attacks him is this lady who's all crazy-eyed and starts laughing and attacks him. Yeah. Um, so these people have definitely gone over the deep mm-hmm. end. And someone has pushed them over. Yeah. They're Reavers. Yeah, they are Reavers. Exactly. <laughs> so I can't wait to see who it is that's pushed them over the edge. I do. I do hope though that they don't become, they don't become just a, uh, a nicer version of the Turnimus cannibals, or a less vocal, less personable group than the Terminus cannibals. Yeah, because those guys were relatively polite. Yeah. <laughs> but they were also just kind of. Really, without a whole lot of depth. It was, May you know. I please eat your leg? Sure, go right ahead. <laughs> it's fine. I don't need so I'm it. Kinda, I'm kind of hoping that the wolves have a little bit more depth <laughs> than just raving lunatics running across the countryside killing everybody. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot more wolves that we haven't seen yet. And mm-hmm. probably so many that you won't have the time to be in depth with most of them. Oh, well, that's impossible. Um, but maybe there's a head honcho that could be pretty crazy. All right. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the return of the governor? Yes. yes. One-eyed Willie. Yep. 
Like, can we, I, I would like to get back to the, the start where I was just kind of shocked by the whole plot mm-hmm. and the okay. fact that when I came into this episode, I was thinking, oh, okay, we're coming back to the Horde. And I thought that the first episode was like, okay, here's your big thing. Here's where they spent all the money. Um, you know, tons of zombies everywhere. Here's where they spent all the money from fear, even. And then we get into the second episode, and it's like, okay, now we're going to get back to the, like, touchy-feely, let's hear some stories about people, you know, how the relationships are developing. And we're starting to do that, like, watching her in the kitchen, and all of a sudden, it's just like these guys completely overrun, and it was just completely shocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think that's... I mean, it was was a huge plot turn, and I think a shock to... Like, Kim was watching... um, but Facebook, I was looking at Twitter feeds, and people were going nuts. I mm-hmm. think no one expected this hitting. No, like, no, I mean, like, it was like perfectly, it, it drew you in perfectly. Yep. It set you up. I mean, it set you up in being that, uh, you know, you felt like something was going to happen, but you didn't really think it was going to be until, like, Rick and them came back and so forth. And it made right. you almost forget about the fact that the horn went off somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, like you say, that woman getting butchered was a total shock the way it happened. Well, I think that, you know, the some of the actors had said that this season was going to be so intense that it would be something that we would never even dream of happening before. So I think that they are definitely living up to that. But also the fact that they could pull off such an intense episode right after the season premiere and we don't have Rick or Daryl. Carol's being a badass. So Carol's mm-hmm. like the number one character on the show now, in my opinion. Like, screw Rick and, and uh, Daryl. Carol's Rick, Rick's but, just crazy. Yeah. Um, I think that's a testament to the writing on this show. I just really hope Fear the Walking Dead can live up to it. Are you actually crying? No, I'm not crying. <laughs> what the hell was crying in zombies. <laughs> All right. I will. I let me tell you this. I I made a just kind of a general, um, uh, kind of observation about this episode, which was kind of cool. Um, one thing that they seem to kind of regurgitate over and over in this series is the whole idea that, um, you know, the group finds a safe place. They slowly realize it's not as safe as they thought. Uh, conflict becomes between the people. The, and then everything goes to shit, and the group finds themselves back on the road again. Yep. It seems like they're not doing that this time. Alexandria, normally in the past on this sh- series, would have fallen right then. Yeah. And um, so it's nice to think that I think they're going to try to hang on to Alexandria for a while. And, you know, and you also the show has also taken a turn from being just a show to show about them on the road and just trying to survive to them now in a position where they're trying to trying to build a civilization. Mm-hmm. And, and the, 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 the wolves are perfect for this because the wolves are the barbarians at the gate. I mean, they're the, the, the animals of outside uh, other than the, the walkers, of course, the walkers are kind of taking a whole back seat really to mm-hmm. this. The wolves are the the people banging at their walls trying to get in, and they're holding it back with their civilization with inside. So it's kind of a, a new twist on the show, believe it, that I think um, looks like a good turn. Yeah, no, it does. It, the, where they're taking the storyline, for sure. 
But I do have to say, I was a little surprised at how easily it seemed that they beat the Wolves out when through most of that, whatever, half hour of fight, 45 minutes, I guess, by the, the kitchen timer, um, they seemed to be popping out of everywhere. Like, yeah. no matter where anybody was, there was like a wolf. Um, Carl came out of the house, and mm-hmm. that guy was there, and then he falls on the ground and whatever, ends up turning on him, mm-hmm. uh, and Carl shoots him. And, but they were just, they were all over the place. And then all well, of a sudden, it, it was like Morgan was fighting four of them, and they were gone. It just seems like there should have been more, like, still around. Well, probably what would have helped that, I think they missed one uh, thing they should have shown. They should have so- shown just one of these average Alexandrians kill one of the wolves. That's true. Yeah, actually, you know, all so the... So that other people are fighting back, too. All the Alexandrians ended up being red shirts. <clears throat> yeah, they did. Yep, exactly. And uh, and I think probably if they Literally. had shown that, then that would answer that question. That actually some of the Alexandrians were knocking them off, too. Yeah, because it was only our guys, like our... our faves that were taking out mm-hmm. the wolves but i mean you know some of them did fight back i mean uh spencer up in the tower he was at least he couldn't hit anything but he was at least trying to yeah. shoot people <laughs> yeah that's true um and he took out that truck because that truck would have gone right through the wall if he hadn't shot the guy in the cab which that guy turned really quick exactly yeah, he did turn real quick uh i agree and at first when i saw him i was like Man, that looks like one of the old decaying zombies. <laughs> I know, that's what I thought too. But, but when I went back and looked at it, I had actually written that down. I went back and looked at it. He actually was a newer zombie. So what but, do you think's uh, in the truck? Well, I think the truck was just a battering ram. I think it's the truck from the place where Daryl and Aaron got stuck in the car, and it's probably full of zombies. It could be, but they're stuck in there now. I think it has cantaloupes. What, what cracked me up, though, is that the guy's running at the wall. And he's beeping and he's laying on the horn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why were you announcing yourself coming in? I mean, geez, just drive, man. <laughs> and he's, he, the only reason that, what's his name, saw him is he looked down and heard this. Ur, ur. Yeah, that's he that's not a horn like you die and you lay on the horn. That was a, switch, was a switch that was flipped. Yeah, yeah, right. He flipped the switch. When exactly. So. Yes. But that was something that when Kim and I were down in Sonoy, we saw, we were like, oh, when is this going to show up? Because we mm. saw Alexandria, which is a actual residential development that's right off the main street. And uh, the truck was rammed into that tower. Although the tower, I don't know if I should say this, the tower looked like it had been burned. It was burned in this episode already. Was it burned? Yeah. Okay. You probably did catch on when with the Molotov cocktails. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool to finally see it, and we're like, oh, that's where the horn is. We saw that. This. Yep, exactly. I need to go back and look at those pictures again. And that was back in May when we saw that. We were there in May. Yep. So yeah, we saw it um, rammed in. I, I. Well, I'm not going to say anything else, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we also saw them building the additional wall, didn't we? They had some. Yeah, yeah, we did actually. Yeah, they had they had those uh, out on the side lot. Yeah, the posts were in the ground, but it wasn't actually finished. Yeah, so right. it was the scene from where um, Maggie and uh, Deanna Maggie, were outside. Maggie and Deanna are walking around outside. Yeah. yeah, and that was when we saw those walkers on stilts because that circus that had been turned into walkers. <laughs> what? Okay, all right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Might have to dart you. All right. Uh, <laughs> We could just start making up all kinds of stuff. Come on. We, we, could, could. we could. We could because we saw it. Oh, we saw heads. it. 
So one of my other things about the episode that I really liked is the fact that they paralleled the last episode. Um, I thought that was really cool how they um, juxtaposed those two storylines so that we wouldn't lose mm-hmm. um, lose our place, basically, in the time frame. So I'm really excited. Well, I obviously did a little bit. <laughs> not much. Sorry. <laughs> but that's, that's not unexpected. So now we've 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 gone through two episodes, but we've really only spanned one day or part of one day. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the next episode. We know we're going to see the horde because they already showed it to us. But um, yeah. how far are they going to take us? Well, I think we're going to be splitting up. We're going to yeah. be seeing the group running back to the town to help people, and we're going to see um, uh, our three compadres on the motorcycle in the car still leading the group away. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. makes me wonder if they're going to keep jumping back and forth like that between the episodes and timelines. I doubt it. I mean, I think they're going to spend, I think they're going to meld both stories together now mm-hmm. in Alexandria. And you're just going to have this side story, though, of, of uh, um, the, the three musketeers drive, leading the, uh, the flock away. Yeah. Well, do you think they're just because the horn's off now that they're going to actually then be able to take control of the horde again? No, I don't think so, but they've taken they kept control over a large part yeah, of it. Yeah, the front part. But at the end of the last episode, they were all spilling off into the forest. No, no, no. Uh-uh. The whole front end up near the car and the motorcycle were oh, still Oh, yeah, that's yeah, it was like a third of them. You got to go yeah. back and look at that the aerial view. Yeah, They're yeah, like way that. into the woods. I get that, but they still needs to lead them away. Yeah. And that's, I'm sure that's what they're going to do. And they also have sh- were going to go down and start driving them back into the street with the guns and stuff, too. I have a feeling that horde is so. going to come straight for Alexandria. There's no control in that. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. They've already spent it I think, it off. yeah, they're going to get nailed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that'll definitely be coming. Yep. And that'll suck. Yep. <laughs> I, I did have another question about, like, uh, previous episodes, though. Didn't we see a lot of the um, the walkers with the W? Like around Alexandria. Yes, um, we saw one. Um, did okay. Wait, didn't we see one at Terminus? Maybe, or just after well, we really? saw we saw the one at Noah's town, right? Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. At we Noah's too neighborhood far away in Terminus. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who they saw? What were the? Where were they when they had the car when all the heads fell out of the truck? That was that was Rick. Yeah. Remember he was trying to get that car going? Yeah. Was that just kind of in the middle of nowhere, though? Yeah, probably. It's on the road. Yeah. Okay. But it was a few episodes back on season five that we started seeing the W's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've been around for I, a while. I was just, yeah, they've been around. I mean, they're, they're covering some ground. I'm just wondering if they, did we see them around Alexandria, though, is my, my question. Uh, I don't remember seeing them. They had, you know, they had walkers around Alexandria. I don't remember seeing any from the from the quarry, the head W's. Hmm. Okay. I'm pretty sure Sasha has shot some before. Okay. Uh, remember when, when she, she was running through the woods? Yeah, when she yeah. went off half cocked, I think she ran into some back there and shot some. But also when she was up in the tower, I thought I remember her seeing one through the scope of her gun that was up against the wall and he and she shot him. It was a man. Hmm. I'd have to go back and look. Point is, they've been around. Yeah, they've been around. But my, I guess my point was that, you know, how the wolves ended up finding it. Obviously, they're showing the photos saying that that was the uh, the reason they got there. But the walkers seem to be well, they had to finding have. the area. Yeah, I mean, it's the huge. They had to have found out about Alexandria earlier. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That it's a huge walled complex. Yeah. How would you not see it? Right. Right. So. And I think they've been scoping it out for a little yep. while. 
and that's why they mm-hmm. sent Miss Sunny Shoes in there to spy. And on. I'd also like to point out the fact that Scott, you were wrong, and it was the wolves. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded. Yeah. The... I had. I have to say it. I'm sorry. You said no way. Yes. I said no way. The the wolves are doing. Yeah. Well, I don't think they did it on purpose. <laughs> no, that's true. I was gonna say. No, but it was because <laughs> of the wolves. Yes, it was because, it was of, the because of the attack. Wolves. Right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Denise. Yay, new Dr. character Denise. brought Yay. in. Um, I'm so excited to see her. I still don't understand why. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, from what I saw in the show, I don't understand why. I mean... The, She's that, actually a really good actress. She well, won an Emmy well, that's for... Um, what was she in? Uh, Nurse, Nurse... Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie. Well... That that the nurse in this or the doctor in this lacked a hell of a lot of emotion. I mean Oh, I didn't think so. I thought she was awesome. Oh man, I thought it was uh pretty pretty flat the performance. And even the even just the medical stuff in there was real flat. Uh-huh. You know, with all the craziness going on in the episode, then to go back there and she's having this, you know, moral questions and standing there and pondering it and I'm kinda going come on let's get back to the other stuff well was it, is it, <laughs> wasn't she a psychiatrist or something yes yes yeah mm-hmm. and that's why because she has to decide okay can i actually save this person or is it just a fruitless effort yeah she doesn't know right. what the hell she's doing i mean right. i wasn't looking for an episode of scrubs or anything but but <laughs> I, I wanted to see a little bit more emotion going on there even when even when the the girl died she just really didn't show much and i'm like oh god i hope this character gets better than although this. eugene did bring the comedy he did bring the comedy he did what did what did he say when she's what did she say what is something about uh cowardice or something and he said well that's well played <laughs> ham is my biscuits ham's ham's my biscuits. My... <laughs> that was great she's like i i couldn't hear anything past ham's my biscuits which i couldn't either actually i was laughing too he followed it up with thumpers shouldn't get dibs (laughs) yes thumpers shouldn't get dibs and then my favorite was when she's like okay you're my first patient so with that symptom you're probably i'm probably not going to kill you and he said I mean, it is possible if you miss, like, a hematoma or something. (laughs) (laughs) Tara's like, Eugene! She actually reminded me of a female Eugene that's, like, more animated, but they kind of looked alike. They could have been twins. That's what I thought first. When I first saw him, I was like, yeah, those two belong together. (laughs) And the the best thing about Eugene, he's awesome. I mean, he's, he's such a cartoon character, and I've said it before, but... It's, he's just perfect. Like the delivery of everything, it just fits. He's mm-hmm. just right. He's just innocently like that. It's it's a great character. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is yeah. awesome. Yeah, well developed. Yeah, McDermott. Uh, I mean, he plays him awesome. Yep. Well, so just so you know, uh, Doctor Denise and Holly, the girl that was on the table, both yes. of them are very prominent in the comic book. So it's really shocking that one. They only mentioned Holly last week, and they mentioned her several times, and then they killed her off this week. We didn't even yeah. get to even meet her. She was practically dead by the time we got to meet her. In the comic book, she lasts for, like, several episodes, or, mm-hmm. you know, comic issues. Books. Issues. Several <laughs> issues of the comic. 
And she's huge, so I can't believe they just killed her off like that. Well, she, she wasn't the one in the armor. No. no. Okay, because you uh-huh. mentioned her, too. You said that she was big, a big character, Olivia. too. You're, Olivia. You're talking Olivia. Yeah, Olivia. The girl that was hiding. Yep. Yeah, she's in the comic, too. She she stick around for a while? She does. She's got more exciting things to happen. All right, anything else we should say about Dr. Denise, or shall we move on? We can move on. All right, next character that I think we should explore a little bit is Morgan himself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Morgan definitely um, stuck to his his morals through most of it, but it didn't prove to be really the right moves he was making. Mm-hmm. Um it was almost like his, uh, it, it's like his kindness was was uh, a weakness clothed in spirituality. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. um, he, he definitely exposed himself as being too much of a Zen master going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely times when he really should have taken the, what was it, the uh, bull by the nutsack? Yes, <laughs> and killed some of these guys. Yeah, right. Um, and and in the end, he ended up doing it. But he might cost some other people their lives. He already has cost other people their lives in his sparing people. Well, I think this episode was a big turning point for both Morgan and for Carol. And this was actually one of the um, my favorite parts of the whole episode too. Um, they both came to different realizations during this episode. Morgan realized you do actually sometimes need to kill people. And Carol realized that she doesn't actually enjoy killing people this time around. And um, I think that the two of them helped each other come to those realizations. Um, Morgan is now realizing that in order to survive this apocalypse, you can't just knock someone out. You can't just maim them. They're going to come back or they could come back and it could bite you in the butt like we've just seen with the wolves attacking Alexandria. So Morgan, I think we might see some changes happening in the next few episodes. I think he's going to go through a lot of um, mental checks, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's going to, he's going to go back a little bit. No, you're, you're right. I don't think it's going to happen too quickly though, because Mm -hmm. I think even though he killed that guy in the end, and that guy had pushed him further than any of them had, um, I don't know if he was still totally on board with you got to kill these people. I still no. still think part of him is still still in the in the in the Zen master mode. I totally um, agree. No, I think I think he's just slowly coming to the realization though that you sometimes right. have to kill, not exactly. all the time, but sometimes. I also thought that Morgan's killing that guy kind of represented um it also kind of represented that the situation had sunk to its lowest yeah if morgan could be broken into killing somebody then then civilization had really collapsed exactly yep i totally agree Um, with you and then to spin it around carol's doing the opposite where she presents herself as this hard badass who doesn't have any feelings. She's just a killing machine. She gets the job done. And now she's getting to the realization that this is not as easy as I'm pretending that it is. And you can see um, um, when she's when she has to kill that one woman that she was talking to in the pantry, um, who she was actually friendly with. 
that's, I think, when she started to break. Like, she's starting to develop relationships with the people at Alexandria, and she's starting to create a home for herself. And now she's having to kill these people just to put them out of their misery, um, but also defending the community against the wolves. And I think that it's it's starting to wear on her now, just that hard, not-feeling-anything persona. Well, it's definitely taken, uh, put some weight on her soul. Um, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I think she's still pretty much very pragmatic and very um, in herself uh, when it comes to dealing with high-tension situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I think by the end of this thing, it had pushed her a little bit further than she was willing to take it. Um but, you know, that's something we'll see probably over the next couple of episodes, how she reacts to it. And I want to see how she reacts to Rick. Because yeah. this was Rick's fault. Yep. You know, Rick came up with this big plan to move all these zombies and then left nobody behind to protect the town. Right. And, uh, and you know, and, and Carol's a lot more um, realistic in her planning. Mm-hmm. And... Even though she was in favor of Rick's plan, I'm sure she had some misgivings about everybody, all their best fighters going. Well, not only that, but she's one of the people that has really pushed Rick to the edge. She's mm-hmm. the one that's encouraged him to to take matters into his own hands and to really enforce, you know, that we've we've got to kill or be killed and... And now he's going to come back and see that she's softened a little bit and, bit, and he's going to have to question his own thoughts or his own actions and how he's handled things because she's going right. to start being that moral compass again. Well, what does uh, what's her deal with terrorizing that little kid? I think she just wants him to be tough because, you know, like her own daughter um, was kind of a wimp. And she was training all those kids at the prison to be really tough. So she had Mika and um, what's her face that she was training with the with the weaponry and stuff. So I think she's right. I think he's just a carryover of all of that um, weakness that she saw in children. And she's, you know, she's just trying to make them tougher to stand up for themselves. So and what was the kid's stamp? I was actually going to bring that, that up. About? I'm glad you did. It was an A. Right. And at first I didn't even know it was a stamp. I thought it was a bottle. So I guess it means Alexandria, but or maybe it was a teacher stamp. I don't know. It was huge though. And then at the end you see that he has actually stamped the um uh the porch. The railing. Yeah, the railing. Yeah. Yeah. And why why would he why did they show that? Is the kid gone? No, he's still in the he's still in the closet, but she doesn't know where he is. No, but she, right, but they, I, uh, uh, Carol's looking, or she's wiping off the W on her forehead, and then she looks at the stamp on the railing. I'm not sure the significance, except that it's the Wolves versus Alexandria. Alexandria is still there. Or maybe the A is still there. Yeah, and she's wiping the W off, which, like Kim pointed out, that W looks different than what she had before. It is different. Mm. It was bad mm-hmm. editing but on their part. Yeah. Yeah. Could it be though that maybe part of what was what makes her break down in the end there um, was seeing that kid's stamp? She knows it's his stamp, and something about her relationship with that kid maybe a little bit harder than she maybe she softens. Well, again, on it or she something. might be thinking about Sophia, and 
she might mm-hmm. uh, just assume that he's dead. And now she's thinking about how her own daughter couldn't survive and couldn't defend herself. So could be something as simple as that. Yeah, could be. Could be. A lot of speculation on of our part, though. Definitely. Of course. <laughs> of course. <It> is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for, folks. That's right. I think. I think truly. I think from from a a, a visual standpoint. I think it's just relating to the uh, the W that she marked herself with to kind of hide hide her identity. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I got to tell you guys, I love Carol's kick ass gunslinger coat. <gasps> yes. yes. She got to hang on to that bad boy. What did Kevin Smith call her? The Burka of Death or something? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, what was her name? Aphid, I guess. That was the guy that she stole all that from. Aphid. Which yeah. I didn't even catch until the Talking Dead said it. And then I listened to it again. I was like, okay, yeah. But um, anyways, one of our um, listeners, Evan, the one who always writes in because we love you, Evan. He was like, Carol for president, complete badass. And I totally agree. Yeah, Carol yeah. Oh, carried this episode. Yeah, yep. she did. I and I, t- I talked bad about her, I think, when we were um, uh, watching Fear. Because I, I, at the end of season five, I think I felt kind of uncomfortable with Carol. She was just kind of weird character. Oh, she and was looking a little psycho. She was very psycho, and she was very um, devious. And it was like, how can anybody trust her? But mm-hmm. now it's like... I mean, you can you can see more of her mission, her route. You know, she, she's trying to protect her own. You know, and it's funny. I the one thing I thought about um, when I was thinking about Carol's act that she does, her homemaker act. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, she she's actually probably been doing that most of her adult life. Right. I mean, because she was doing that, I'm sure, with Ed yep. mm-hmm. playing the happy homemaker and not thinking about the fact that uh, Ed was beating them. Right. And trying to keep her household together that way. But also probably in her mind planning his death. <laughs> yeah. So that seems to be Carol's uh, modus operandi. Oh yeah, she's Probably more pre- been. she's more prepared for the hell of it all. Mm-hmm. And this episode was her her coming out episode. Yeah, I think it was intended to be that way. Well, which she has she's come out before, and I think um, mm-hmm. then she kind of went into this character again uh and again when when she saw that woman getting slashed up it was like okay game on mm-hmm. yeah so. yeah and this is the second time but, carol has worn um a parka like that mm-hmm. yeah she's worn the a disguise yeah she well she wore she wore that um at terminus she wore daryl's mm-hmm. um what's that called Poncho. Poncho. thank you not a parka <laughs> whatever <laughs> Yeah, the gourd smeared yes. poncho. Capris. Mm-hmm. Yes. Looks good on her. She's great. Yeah, she's good That's with the right. poncho. Which you actually thought it was someone different at first, Kim. You got all excited. But we don't need to tell you who that <laughs> no, was. We don't. Because <laughs> you said, Jesus. Did you think it was Rick Springfield? Because that would That's suck. That's right. I did say Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but it obviously is not him. Not yet. Not yet. But not not <laughs> not our savior. Not, not our savior. Not talking about that one. A different Jesus. <laughs> but I think we'll see him soon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Probably Comic so. Comic book reader. <laughs> I did get very excited though, but it wasn't him. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, Jesus. <laughs> 
<laughs> JSS. Oh, yeah. Oh. That, that would have been a perfect Jesus lead-in, wouldn't it? Jesus saves <laughs> yeah. All right. Jesus saves souls. There, there you That's go. Right. Thank well you. Done. That was off the cuff Well, there. Kim, any... Yeah, it's very... Um, Kim, you got any other interesting points? I know you had said you have some things you might want to bring up later on. Uh, yeah, but do you guys want to take a break real quick? <laughs> yeah. Let's okay, go ahead and take, we'll take a, break. a break. We'll be back in a minute. A Stu, you ready for a break? I am ready for a break. All right. We're taking a break. We'll be back. Load up your guns and bring your friends. It's fun to lose and to pretend. She's overboard and self-assured. Um, so one of the other things I wanted to bring up was how Maggie is, um, becoming like Herschel was to Rick when she's outside the walls talking to Deanna about gardening and she found Uh, a lot of seeds and everybody can do it. It's going to be a lot of work, yada, yada, yada. But, um, she's becoming her dad and she's becoming the one that. I, I guess you could call her a moral compass. She hasn't really said much yet that's like a moral compass, but she seems to be the person that calms Deanna down and um, gets her to kind of like step back for a second and reanalyze and just like, you know, come to terms with what's going on. Um, so I thought that was cool that she was kind of channeling her dad in that way. I will make the comment that... She's the bridge between the two the two groups, really. Right, she is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to make the comment that every time they end up planting a garden, their community falls. So they probably shouldn't plant that garden. Yeah. Stuff those seeds. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, but can I, can I mention one thing then about that? Uh, Deanna. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure Deanna out. Um, I, is she really as much of a coward as she was playing? That's what it seems like. But when she was in the cab of the truck, she kind of had a weird look on her face. Agreed. She always kind of has a weird look on her face. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it was bad acting or if it was that there's some something else going on behind the lines with her. She was a little gassy. Mm, I don't think that was it. <laughs> no, I actually made that comment or thought about that too. Um, when she's in the truck, she kind of gets like this spacey look to her. She's staring off into space, and you hear people screaming in the background. But it doesn't sound like it's Alexandrian screaming. It sounds like it's more in her head. Like she's been in some situation before where she choked probably and a lot of people died. And Mm. she doesn't want that to happen again. That's the impression I got. It could be. I just, uh, her reaction to to Maggie also was a little odd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Just seems like either she's, she's gone nutsville or uh, or she's got some alternative motive for things. Well, in this episode, she's freaked out. I mean, I, I actually believed her. I thought it was believable that she was like, and actually not a bad I- idea that she stayed out of the situation. Um, yeah. Because she is, 
whether she's a leader or not, um, she's important to the group. Uh, and she was not going to be helpful at all. And her son, her kid Spencer is a, is a loser. Too. Yeah. He was already free. He was freaked out too. He wasn't wanting to deal with it either. So, um, it kind of made sense. Well, he's got a gun. At least he can watch her. So mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder if that guy's going to kill himself, because he he was talking to Rosita there, where he was talking about. So this is what it's out like out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what we have to look forward to. Yeah. You know, and and Rosita, you know, replied, "Well, you have to have something to live for." Right. And and he kind of just looked at her like she was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how well he's going to handle this. No, but uh, when you're talking about Maggie and then you're talking about Deanna, I think that that scene where uh, Maggie stabs the zombie who used to be who? Who was the guy that was on the wall that got burned that fell down? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it was just perfect because she just kind of walks up and stabs him in the head. And Deanna's just like, she's in shock. (laughs) She's in total shock. Like, you just did that so easily. I mean, they're really completely confined in their bubble. And, yeah. uh, and, and now it's they're they're it's very apparent how much they don't know. I just don't understand how they could be so completely. Well, they're, cut off, they're trying to, ex- they're trying to explain that with the fact that, okay, all the walkers are in a quarry. Yeah. But, but the fact that Aaron was going out, it's I mean, a, it's a like huge stuff was going on. It's a huge donut shaped quarry around <laughs> Alexandria. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's what it is. <laughs> that's All right. yeah, that's how it works. But I mean, they had sent people out into the community. I know, I know. I mean, yeah, or Heath. Heath was, Heath was yeah. gone for weeks. You're right. It didn't make any sense. That It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they are that completely wussed out in that little yeah. town. Yeah. They have to have something, some idea. And nobody knows how to use a gun. I know. It doesn't make sense. No. It seems implausible. Uh-huh. It's very implausible, Kim. Very implausible. I think you called that a hole earlier, yes, Scott. It is a hole. Um, yes, a hole in the plot reference. line. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Donuts. I love donuts. So just a couple other Bring points I wanted donuts. to make is that we do know that now that Pete was abused, or yeah, Pete was abusing Ron because um, Jesse, his mom, yeah. asked him if he could raise his arm above his head in the kitchen, remember? And he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then... Um, there was that scene when Carol killed the girl in the armory and the blood splattered on the camera. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty that cool. That was pretty sweet. I like that one. <laughs> I think I saw somebody's thumb on the camera, too. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, when the neighbor got killed when she was smoking her cigarette, she never let go of her cigarette. Oh, that's a Drew Smoker right there. Mm-hmm. I know. She fell to the ground with it in her hand. Mm-hmm. That was pretty amazing. Um, she probably took another puff, also, too. Mm-hmm. When we weren't looking. <laughs> or she would have if the guy hadn't chopped her head. If yet. I know anything as being a former smoker, I would have at least had one more puff. Be like, <laughs> oh, oh, my guts are falling out, but I want one but, last puff. <laughs> but I've got to still have another one. Yeah. Um. Then there's a quote from Eugene to Denise, Dr. Denise, that we forgot to mention earlier was um, when he said, you don't want to be a coward when she was trying to decide mm-hmm. if she could actually perform the surgery. That was a really good quote because it means that he's come around and he's had a huge um, character uh, shift. And so now he is trying to be more brave. And you can no, tell. No, no, no. Just... I don't think so. I did, I did not get that from that from him. Really? Mine was I more totally that. Did. 
mine was more my my impression was that he was saying to her if you become a coward you're going to become this guy mm-hmm. because he was already just expressed two seconds ago that he was too scared to go outside yeah that he was going to stay in the hospital mm-hmm. so i think he was saying to that he is still a coward and this is what will happen to you if you start becoming a coward yeah, but I got the impression that he's also trying to change a little bit. Not a lot, but I think that he's trying to step out a little bit more. I could tell just from the way he was talking to Rosita, or no, um, to Tara, when they were entering the armory. It just seemed like he was more sure of himself. When he was ticked off because they were making the church yes. out of that tall building instead of a game room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he had a point. So just a little observation. And then Father Gabriel. Father Gabriel almost bit the dust this time. Um, but he got saved. Womp, 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 womp. Yes, yes. But even before that, it seemed like he was ready to repent for everything that he's done in the past. Um, and that he was willing to pitch in to help uh, around Alexandria. And, you know, he approached Carl about training and everything. Of course, he never got to get to three o'clock training with Carl. Yes, three o'clock didn't With happen. the machete. But um, I think that hopefully we're going to see a switch in Father Gabriel, too. So. Well, I'm hoping he got some training during that whole thing that maybe we didn't see. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then one last thing is just Carl seeing Ron and Enid hugging. That's probably going to open up a new storyline about teenage angst and the jealousy and hormones and... All that stuff and cute little Carl's gonna be all upset because Enid was hugging all Ron and probably be a fist fight between the two of them. Well, that's if we that's if we see Enid. I don't think we we're gonna see Enid for a while. Cool. I think she's gonna be we'll out of the see story her again. for again. Why do you think that? Yeah, yeah, but I think because I think they want to they want to stretch out that the whole mystery of what Enid. Well, is. no, I am sure of that, but I'm that doesn't mean that they can't have their little teenager stupid stuff. No, I don't. I think she's left. I think she's out of the compound. No, no, no. No, they they even were introducing like the little fight between Ron and Carl there, and Ron and Carl invited right. him in. He's like, "I can protect you in here," and, and Ron's she, like, she "No way, man." She left the note behind. She disappeared and left the note behind. Oh, that's true. That she did. She did. You're right. She you're left. Right. Yep. She she said she was leaving, and at the end of the show, she was mm. gone. So I don't think we're going to be seeing her for a couple episodes well, at least. we will see. Mm-hmm. Now right, she might actually be part of the wolves, and now she might be giving them information, because I still think you're wrong about the other things, Scott. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep hammering that point in. Yeah, yeah, you're going to regret that, Pally. <laughs> All right. Carol's Casserole Counter, where we count Carol's uneaten casseroles and the amount of episodes that they remain uneaten. Stuart, what's our count now? Oh, man, Scott. I think we're at four episodes, three casseroles. Um, To my understanding, none of them have actually been eaten yet. Well, that's just a tragedy. I guess we're going to have to keep our eye on what happens with Carol's casseroles because she's a real casserole fan. Yes, she is a casserole fan. I'm not sure if she's actually a good cook, though. Oh, good point. Good point.
Okay. <laughs> I love that new segment, guys. <laughs> um, so moving on to news, we finally have our rankings for the season premiere of The Walking Dead. We had 14.6 million viewers last week, which is actually down 16% from season five premiere. Well, that's not good. Yeah, so it's slipping. You must do better. All right. I know. But with that said, it's still the highest rated um, season opener so far this season of any show that's on TV, including... Sunday Night Football, and um, Saturday Night Live. So it's still doing well, wow. but for some reason it's slipping. <laughs> is it is it bigger than Two Broke Girls? Oh, no. That one won. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's still incredible, though. Yeah, that I mean, is, that's crazy. it's still the highest rated show on TV, but I don't know why. It's, that's, that's a pretty big slip when you think about it. Yeah, but well, at the same time, there's tons of people out there that say, oh, yeah, I don't like watching that zombie show. Well, it makes me... And yet they're all well, watching there's it. There's also a lot of people saying, hey, I'm DVRing it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's right. And that's for live viewing. So once they get the um, the ratings in for the people who DVR'd it, it might go back up. But it makes me wonder if Fear the Walking Dead might have had a little bit of influence on that number. So. I hope Who knows? Not. Um, All right. But they also debuted um, episode two of the webisode last night, and they didn't really show very mm. much. Um, so there's really not a lot to talk about. They were just on a plane, taking off, but you can find it online. Yep. Kid kid can't get a signal out, and the Asian girl gave him the right. look. Right. And the grumpy guy puked. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I think I would probably kick, I'd probably be kicking her seat. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah. what are you looking at? Or kicking the lady sitting next to him, knitting. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but oh. she's got weapons. I know. That's what I told weapons. Stuart when we saw that. I was like, those knitting needles, they're going to come in handy pretty soon. <clears throat> it's true. Straight yep. to the I eyeball. Would, I, that's probably true. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so, only 30. It was a 30-second spot, too. It, it was only 30 minute. seconds. Yeah, they didn't show the second half of it. Hmm. I have to get on their website and see if they've got a longer version of it there. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused at their releases here. I am too. Yeah. So well, maybe they are too. That was weird. But I had a hard time putting my pants on this morning. So <laughs> the other thing is, <laughs> <laughs> God, you guys kill me. Uh, serenity now, folks. Serenity now. The other thing is just a reminder that Halloween weekend's coming up very quick, guys, and Walker Stalker Atlanta is also that weekend. So if you haven't gotten your tickets whoop, whoop. and you can make it to Atlanta, go to walkerstalker.com, Walker Star- wait, walkerstalkercon.com. <laughs> Hello. How much harder could they make that? That's horrible. Anyways, well, go to their website and you can find information on getting tickets and um, panels that are going to be happening. They've released some new names for people that are um, going to be appearing. Um but you can follow. Is William Shatner going to be there? Oh God! Unfortunately, no. Ah, oh, uh, seriously? Damn, that's it. a downer. Yeah, but um, so make sure you guys go over there and check it out and try to come to Walker Stalker. We will all be there. 
very excited. I cannot wait. I will well, be volunteering Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then Scott and Stuart will be there on Saturday just as attendees, regular people. Just we'll be around. taking some pictures and generally causing problems. Yes. Yes. We'll be and trying to get autographs and stuff. stuff but, I mean, this is the one. This is the one where most of the, um, the actors come to, though, isn't it? Yep. Of course. Everybody it's the there. original. And they're going to have trick-or-treating for the kids. Um, the first 500 kids that show up on site will get um, a custom Walker Stalker trick-or-treating bag. Stuart, you looking forward to that bag? Yes, I am. I'm hoping it has like a zombie hand in it. No. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, the celebrities will be handing out candy for the kids. Apparently, they're going to be handing out full-size candy bars, so get yourself one. And um, there's going to be... <laughs> there's also going to be an after-party called Necrosis, which Norman Reedus is going to be at, so that's going to be pretty crazy. Um, I'm I think assuming the... the kids are not going to that one. No, that is adult only. But the candy bars might be. <laughs> okay. Candy bars yeah, might right. be good enticement. Um, mm-hmm. but anyways, the VIP tickets are all sold out for necrosis, but I think you can still get general admission. But, um, anyway, so go to their website, find out what is going on and be there. The other thing is yesterday I was coming back from the beach and just happened to stop in a small town near Conyers, Georgia. And I was getting myself a Subway sandwich and the guy behind the counter had a name tag on and it said Spider-Man. I was like, your name is Spider-Man? How weird is that? And he started to tell me that he's part of an organization or part of a group called Made Legit Media. And they had just finished up their trailer for a webisode that they're going to put out that comes out um, Valentine's Day of next year, 2016. It's called Marvel Knight Spider-Man. Um, he was very excited about this webisode, so he showed it to me, showed the trailer. They filmed it in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta. It is awesome. I just have to tell you, I watched it right there. I was shocked at how well it was put together. It was high-quality production. They had actors from um, Vampire Diaries and some other productions that are happening around Atlanta. And it was really good. So I'm excited to see what actually comes of it. So I'm all about helping local artists and people that are just starting out. So I told him that I would give him a shout out on our podcast today. So go check out Made Legit Media. They have a YouTube channel with other videos on there, including the trailer to the Spider-Man webisode. And they also have a Facebook page and, of course, a website, madelegitmedia.com. So... Go check it out. And oh, his name is Heath. Heath Gleason. Hi, Heath. Good luck. <laughs> Another Heath. Yeah. Another Heath. Spider Man Heath. Exactly. So that's it for the news, guys. Well, what do we got next week on The Walking Dead? Him? Oh. <laughs> next week's episode is called Thank You. That should be interesting. Um, and the description is, A return home doesn't go as expected for Rick, Glenn, Nicholas, Heath, and others. Meanwhile, Daryl, Abraham, and Sasha try to lead the walkers away from Alexandria. It's going to be directed by Michael Slovis, known for Breaking Bag, CSI, and 30 Rock. Directed a pilot for The Leftovers, a show that's uh, very interesting if you haven't seen that yet. Um, this is his first stint on The Walking Dead. The writer is Angela Kang. She's uh, written a ton of The Walking Dead episodes, including 
Coda where Beth died. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited to see what happens next week. Michael Slovis is actually a really good director, so I think we'll see some good things from him. And Angela King has written a lot for The Walking Dead, including um, I think she's done something for just about every season that they've had so far. So you know, she's pretty well versed in The Walking Dead um, universe. So that'll be awesome. So what do you guys think you'll see next week? Well, I think it's going to be a lot of what you've been talking about or we were talking about earlier in that it's going to be bringing the stories back together. And we get two different storylines yeah. going on here. And um, so now we're going to see, um, you know, two completely sh- shattered surprise groups coming back together and trying to regroup and, and see what the hell they're going to do. I would say in the next episode, we're also going to be looking at the the walkers hitting the town. Yeah. Um, that's going to be their biggest, biggest crisis. But I also think that in the episode following that, I have a feeling they might counterattack on the wolves. Because hmm. Rick's all about taking the fight mm-hmm. to them instead of waiting for them to come to us. So I could see I could see uh, them dealing with the Walker issue and then and then soon after go after to find the wolves. I can just about guarantee you that's going to happen because when Rick comes back and finds out what happened with Alexandra, he's going to be pissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that'll make for couple of interesting episodes they're gonna be like using zombies as shields yeah but that wouldn't be good <laughs> yeah grab by the back of the neck that sort mm-hmm. of stuff okay all right are you guys ready to wrap it up let's wrap it up okay everybody thank you for joining us once again for another episode of the fear me podcast you can find us on twitter soundcloud stitcher and of course itunes Please subscribe to us anywhere that you download our podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and on the web at www.fearmepodcast.com. If you want to get in touch with us or send us your thoughts on any of the episodes or including our episodes, you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. And please be sure to rate us on iTunes because that will help us move up in the rankings. Gets more exposure. Exactly. We want everybody to know about us. So we'll be back next week to recap episode three of The Walking Dead entitled Thank You. So thank you for listening. Bye. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.